This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. I know. I was waiting to see how you were going to say it. I thought you might put a little spin on it or something, give it a little accent. Oh, well, you know, I don't want to offend the Irish. (laughs) I can understand that. Um, Yeah, this is uh, the podcast known as Dublin Dane for one year. Uh, My name is Dane. I am the Dublin Dane. (laughs) Uh, And with me, as always, is Tim. Tim, I do have a question for you. Let's hear it. What is the worst place shop uh, that you that 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 you know of that I could give you a thousand dollar gift card for? <laughs> hmm. And it's something that you're buying for yourself. You can't. Uh, I'm gonna buy this for my brother, my mom, my dad, my uncle, my auntie. It's for you. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of hard because you could usually find something for yourself at a store <laughs> that could be kind of useful. But I don't know, a jewelry shop maybe because I don't <laughs> any kind of jewelry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking um, the the stores that they have at hospitals. Okay. You know, like the, like, oh, you can get like a teddy bear. Or yeah, get well card, stuff oh, like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how often am I going to use that? And like, it's it's $1,000, so. <laughs> I mean, the hope <laughs> is you don't have to use. Hours? Yeah. You don't have to use that much there because that means you're either going to the hospital and a lot of people you know aren't doing too good and you don't want that, <laughs> yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's probably my my shop or whatever you call it. I don't know. Should I be expecting a gift card for one of those places to come in the mail at some point? <laughs> Dane? Is that what you're preparing me for? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, you, you should be prepared for that too. Because <laughs> I'm going to be sending you a bunch of teddy bears, <laughs> gift cards or flowers or whatever else they have in those, uh, those places. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> But actually, Dane, if you want to send me something that, you know, is like, I don't like, I really don't like video games or anything like that. So 
Oh, yeah. Don't give yeah. me any gift cards or anything like that. Games have our Best Buy because I just want to use it. <laughs> yeah, or the, the Star Wars store online. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely not anything. Uh, I, I, I certainly wouldn't give you a a voucher for the new uh, Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I would hate to have spent a weekend set in the Star Wars. I know. Universe. Why would you want to do that, Tim? I mean, it's, it, it looks awful. It probably is awful. <laughs> Just trying to use a little reverse psychology here. We'll see if it works. <laughs> uh, Tim, fortunately, I'm too smart for that. Uh, <laughs> or at least I think I am. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess we can just get into our uh, our Lord of the Rings mini mini commentary uh, that uh, that we do. Um, there was a bunch of new images for the new show. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, Tim. I, I know you're not I really did. a fan, but uh, um, did what did you think about those new images? It's one of those things where it's like, it's, it looks very different from what Peter Jackson did with his movies. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's hard to judge just on those images. I'm just really looking forward to the trailer that we're going to get tomorrow as we're recording this episode, the Saturday before the Super Bowl. So I think once we kind of see how it looks, everything looks in motion, I'll get a better feel of it. But it's good because like, it feels like Lord of the Rings and fantasy, but yet it feels different than what we're used to with how Peter Jackson did things. And I got to be honest, one of the things that's get a little bit hard, take a little, or I should say it's a little hard for me to grasp as that character right now is just seeing the younger version of Elrond. Like, I mean, I'm just so used to Hugo Weaving, and when I see the image of Elrond, it just doesn't look and feel like Elrond to me. But again, it's one of those things where you can't really judge it too much just on images. You got to see the performance by the actor and everything itself. Uh, but it's, I think it's just one of those things when you've seen some of the characters you're so familiar with already, play, played by a different actor who's younger and looks totally different, might be a little bit to get used to. So that was the main thing. But um, I'm still very excited for it. I just can't wait to see what they're going to do. Just a new spin on Lord of the Rings, especially set in the Second Age. I just think that's such a goldmine of an era <laughs> to tell a TV series. So I think we talked about it before, how it's just ripe for some really cool stories. So uh, I've definitely looking forward to it i just hope once i see the trailer it just gives me that excited feeling that yeah this is going to be awesome as i hope it would be so um, we'll see how it is once we see the trailer tomorrow so am i correct in saying that this takes place like thousands of years before yeah yeah it runs yeah. thousands oh. not hundreds in <laughs> the thousands 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 yeah. of years so it's not the high republic no it's yeah like, way further yeah. back than that would be uh, I see. You know, that's going to be weird, like seeing like the younger versions of, like you said, Elrond and uh, Galadriel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like they should look pretty close to how they look in Lord of the Rings and movies because elves don't age at all. Yeah. So, as we saw, yeah, even so saw in the prologue, Elrond looks the same there. But at the same time, too, it's not in the same. It's not connected with the movies, I should say. So it's not going to be like a prequel set up to the movies. It's its own thing. So it's not like they have to follow anything pretty much really closely to what Peter Jackson did. They're free to do their own stuff. It's just that when you're used to something for over 20, 20 years now, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to to see someone new in the role to fill those shoes. Well, I can't wait to see all of the uh, 
the hate and disappointment that people. It's already there. Us. It's it's yeah. Lord of the Rings is getting a dose of the Star Wars reaction already, and it's just based on images. Really? Yeah. And and what are they saying? Uh, let's go back to Force Awakens when uh, John Boyega got cast as a stormtrooper, and everyone said, oh, "There can't be a black stormtrooper. What is this? Oh, God. There can't be black dwarves because you saw the princess, the picture like the dwarven princess, and yeah. then then you see an elf, and, and everyone's saying, "Oh, it just makes no sense to have like different races make sense. It's like the typical oh. stupid like racism that comes out from these people when things like that happen. It's like here we go. <laughs> it's nothing can escape that. It just so frustrating to see that, especially in the fantasy genre where it's, it's like you can accept these different like dragons, balrogs, <laughs> elves, drawers, but yet someone has a different color skin. That's where it's like <laughs> you have to draw the line and now you can't get into it and it takes you out. It's just so ridiculous. So some people are mad that there's a black uh, dwarven, dwarven princess. Of so. course, yeah. Oh, and okay. it says like it's going against what? Tolkien created and it's like not respecting the source material and all that. And it's just <laughs> how, do, how does it go against what, yeah. <laughs> what Tolkien wanted or created? Or it's whatever. like they're just using that as kind of like an excuse to show, you know, that'll be the reason I'll use to show I don't want anyone of color in the <laughs> Lord of the Rings Uh-oh. or Middle Earth universe. That's, that's what it seems like. But <laughs> oh, so well, yeah, that started already. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it's not going to be the last you see it, especially once we get the trailer when the series starts. I mean, it's already, to me, it's already like the Star Wars sequel trilogy. You already have the people that are already hating it, pretending to be, I'm using air quotes here, Middle Earth or Tolkien purists. Yeah, but uh, like, like, what are they complaining about with that, with, with that teaser or whatever that was? Um, I mean, it's just images of like a screensaver, right? Of the characters, you mean, or are you talking about like those character posters? But... Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about that teaser trailer that they released. Um, oh, okay, oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, I thought you were know, like talking the images. Well, yeah, no, I, mean, no. I didn't see too many complaints with that because I mean, mm. I'm sure there were complaints because everyone finds something to complain about, but when you're just revealing a logo and a title of the show, <laughs> don't see how much you could complain unless you don't like the name, maybe. But the the, the rings of power. Yeah, which I think is a great name, by the way. Yeah, because who really cares? I mean, no offense, Jim, but (laughs) who really cares about Lord of the Rings or Middle Earth if it's not about or connected to the Lord of the Rings slash uh, The Hobbit, I guess. But I guess The Hobbit is connected to Lord of the Rings and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. Again, when you're telling a story thousands of years before the events that of the books and of the movies, it gives you so much free reign to do. Like you have free reign to do a lot of stuff that you want that you don't have to necessarily feel tied to matching up and lining things up with the events of the books and the movies. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, that's enough uh, racism for the show. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's get into our. Uh, minute by minute commentary. So as always, grab your DVD, grab your beta tape, grab your laser disc, your projector, um, your. Did I say beta? I don't think you did. Uh, yes. Uh, definitely grab your beta tape. Grab uh your DVHS tape. Uh, grab your Blockbuster physical subscription. 
um, card copy, I guess, w- with the clamshell, uh, <laughs> with that blockbuster clamshell uh, um, case. Uh, grabbing Netflix uh, physical subscription card subscription. I thought they um, had a card, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't have. It. Why would you need a card? Yeah. Uh, uh, grab your red envelope. There you um, go. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, of course our favorite, Tim, our absolute favorite, the way that Peter Jackson wanted you to see all of his movies, including uh, the Beatles documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grab your VHS to DVD converted copy. Via third-party program, <laughs> uh, so uh, grab any any one of those different formats. Uh, forget about the digital download or the 4K Blu-rays. Um, I already sold my 4K that. Blu-ray box because it didn't compare. Well, to the, what's the point? Yeah. I know exactly. It couldn't compare it to the converted copy. So, <laughs> uh, so just grab any one of those, you know, uh, versions and. I'm going to give the countdown. So, Tim, are you ready? I am good to go. All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. Look how, look at Bilbo's uh, stealth hiding skills right there. Putting the <laughs> Color <laughs> cover up. of his jacket over his, his neck right there. Yeah. And it did the job. Use your peripheral vision. <laughs> He's so used to just using the ring to get out of situations like this though you know it's a little rusty out of high I think we mentioned this on the last one this is all an extended scene right here gotta get a little more of the saxophone baggings in the movie which is always appreciated Elijah Wood hasn't aged a day no, right? It's almost like if he has the yeah. one ring. <laughs> yeah, Dave, you still put a Hobbit wig on him, he'll look exactly like that still. Yeah, exactly the same. Uh, Mary and Pippin. That's not something you want to be doing. <laughs> playing with a lit firework. That's in the shape of a dragon, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it for our minute by minute commentary. That's it. We're still amongst the uh, Bilbo's party, so we've got a good amount to go no, still. We've been, been in this party for like 10 episodes now. <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Is this the new uh, John Blake and Bruce's uh, house scene <laughs> where it seemed to last 20 episodes? Uh, yeah, I was thinking either this or it's going to be that uh, council scene or whatever it's called. That's true, yeah. In <laughs> um, uh don't tell me, Tim. I know I have it. I know I have it in my head, okay? Oh, my God. Um, ooh. I had it. I lost it. I'm trying to get it back. Uh, Come on, Dave. Rivendell. There Rivendell. you go. There you I got go. it. I got it, Tim. <laughs> I got it. I'm, I'm uh, the biggest Lord of the Rings fan you know. Yeah. You, <laughs> you just proved it that, right Tim. there. I just proved it, okay? I'm, I'm into the books of power. I mean, the the the, the rings of power. <laughs> the books of power. <laughs> uh, sorry, I uh, I uh, just watched the the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I can uh, see how that would be on your mind. Uh, the rings of power. I'm I'm super into that show. 
I'm super into the movies and all the books. Tim. You're so into it. Uh, You've seen it before. It's even premiered. I mean, how... <laughs> <laughs> how much more do you need to prove that you're the biggest fan ever when you've seen it when no one else exactly. has exactly uh, now I'm going to get on the internet and be mean to people <laughs> <laughs> say I hate everything about the, the rings of power um, but anyway <laughs> let's uh, let's let's do our future topic for this episode too well you mentioned it so it's on your mind already so we got to Talk about the finale, I guess, just over the series overall of The Book of Boba Fett, which, sad to say, as these seven weeks went by so fast, <laughs> I'm sad that it's gone. But um, my general reaction to it is that I am very, very pleased with something I've been waiting for for so long as a Star Wars fan, being a fan of Boba Fett, and just thinking something like this would be impossible to get back in the mid-90s when all I had were... Uh, Boba Fett's brief appearance in The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and some comic stories, and that was it. And to be here now, getting a full series, getting stuff I've been wanting to see about the character for so long, and then getting a bunch of other stuff I wasn't expecting to add in there just made for, uh, for me, a very satisfying series of Boba Fett. And to me, ended with a bang with that finale episode. And this may surprise you, Dane, but... I've already seen so many mix or <laughs> react as well. People really did not like this finale. Can you believe it? <laughs> I can't believe it, Tim. Um, for me, I, I have to reiterate, uh, because I, I don't see a lot of Star Wars podcasts talking about it. I have to reiterate, all you know about Boba Fett is the walked with Han frozen and carbonite into his ship and he got knocked over by a blind guy after getting his blaster cut in half. That's all you know about this character. That's all you know. I mean, you mentioned the comics, the comics don't really matter uh, because they're not referenced at all. Right. Mm. Um, that's all you know about this character. Everything else you put into your head is is something that you put into your head. All you know about this character is you saw him walking once and you saw him on a barge after he got knocked over into a Sarlacc pit by a blind guy. So that's all you know about this character. Um, until Attack of the Clones came out, of course. But. Until Attack of the Clones. But he was a kid, and yeah. he didn't do anything. Right? And everyone complained That's about that, too. So <laughs> that didn't yeah. really help matters for some fans. I shouldn't say everyone, but for some fans. Again, that's all you know about this character. Um, but going off of that, for a show that people hate so much, and I'm not talking about you specifically, Tim, and I don't include you or any, any of the Star, Star Wars fans that you know. Um, you know, like, for a show that you guys, and I'm not referencing you when I say you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Uh, for a show that you guys say you hate, boy, you guys can't shut up about it on Twitter. Because um, I got spoiled like crazy for that sixth episode. Oh, um, no. <laughs> Out of all episodes to get spoiled on. <laughs> with uh, Luke. Yeah. With, uh, with uh, Yoda's lightsaber, I got spoiled on. 
and the big decision, right? Let me ask you this. Were you spoiled on Cad Bane appearing? Uh, yeah, I was spoiled uh, on Cad Bane. <laughs> Darn it. Um, sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, for a show that you guys hate, you guys really can't shut up about it because <laughs> right. I got spoiled essentially every, on, on everything about that episode because I don't want, I, I wanted to save that episode to watch episode uh, six and seven uh, back to back so I wouldn't mm. have to wait a week. Oh man, I don't know how you uh, would have been able. Did you actually do that, or when you got spoiled, did you just watch it? No, I got spoiled, and then I watched it, oh, and then God. I waited. Uh, and then with with episode seven, uh, same exact thing. Uh, I got spoiled on Twitter uh, for it uh, for for episode seven, and then I I, I just watched it uh, last night. Um. But yeah, uh, overall, I, I really like the show. I know a lot of people hate it. Uh, you guys can't shut up about how much you hate it. I loved it. I, I really did. Um, it's it's kind of exactly what I wanted from a Boba Fett show. Sure, it, it would have been cool to see him doing bounty hunting, but uh, it's called character pr- progression, right? Exactly. Like, like he has to like, not basically, the basically the whole point hunter. of the series, right? <laughs> no longer being about it. Yeah. Hunter. And hence, you know, the title, Book of Boba Fett, right? The, the Book of Boba Fett. As in, like, he's creating legend on Tatooine. Not, you know, not in the bounty hunting side of things, but, like, he's becoming the daimyo. Mm-hmm. And he's becoming essentially a mob boss. He's he's a mafia boss. He's Don Corleone, right? He's not, you know, the the the. He he's not the cowboy gunslinger, bounty hunter. He's something different. It's character progression, and I just don't see where where people have a problem with that. Um, I I mean I know he's a. He, you've only seen him as a bounty hunter, but like, it, it's the, the characters change and they move on, and I, I just can't see your complaint if you if you were to say that, you know, Boba Fett is this one specific kind of thing, you know, he's this person, when essentially you have zero idea of who this character is, what his personality is like, um, and what he will become, mm-hmm. uh, because. I, and I do not consider myself a Star Wars fan because I mean I, I watch all the movies, You're I watch all the television show. I, I I collect black series, the vintage vintage collection, but I don't consider myself a Star Wars fan because I don't know. That sounds like a fan I, to me, I just, Dane. <laughs> yeah, I I I just don't get where like the I I, I just don't get where the disconnect is between like. You know, you don't understand. I mean, you don't know anything about this character at all. I mean, I know it feels like you do because you read all the comics and you saw all the stuff. But like, when it comes to what counts, all you know is essentially nothing. <laughs> so I, I, I just don't see where the disconnect is. But um, yeah, o- overall, I really, really love this the, the series. I, I, I love Tim Morrison. And I, I don't know if that's part of it. I mean, I'm sure that is, but yeah, I, I like great. the way he acts. I like his voice. I like his oh, accent. Yes. 
Um, and I, I, I feel like he just plays Boba Fett in, in that right sort of way where he doesn't talk much. He has that, that deep, gravelly voice. Um, and I, I really like the Kiwi accent. Um, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was near perfect, Tim. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah, here I, I agree with you. And like you said, just the whole point of the show is showing the progression of the character of going from a bounty hunter to someone who wants to be, for lack of better words, family. Because and they did it so well too, was showing him being accepted by the Tuscan tribe and just how that changed him forever. He was going to stay and live with them if they didn't get uh, massacred. And once that happened, that set him on the path to create his own family and to see the progression of that character arc, character arc for him. I thought was done so so well and what i loved about the finale too i mean just with the amazing action <laughs> seeing him team up with din jaren that was something um i don't want to call a disappointment for mandalorian season two but one of the things i was excited about once boba fett said um we're gonna help you rescue the child i was gonna, oh if we get some cool action with mando and boba that's gonna look amazing we didn't get it in the second season but boy did we get it <laughs> in this finale and it was glorious to behold so Regardless of me loving that action, what I loved about the finale, what it did for Boba's character is his showdown with Cad Bane. Kind of kind of how I took it is that's him like facing the final, like the final step in him moving past that bounty hunter life behind fully. Because um in the Clone Wars, we have those episodes never got finished, but for those who follow the Clone Wars and know everything about some of the unfinished episodes, uh, we were gonna get an arc to where Cad Bane trained Boba Fett. And we saw the episodes um, in season two where we first saw Boba work with Aura Singh and Boss, kind of the very beginning of his bounty hunter training. But I think it's safe to say, and I assume that those episodes were going to imply that the bulk of his uh, bounty hunting training came from Cad Bane. And how he became the most feared bounty hunter in the galaxy came from Cad Bane's teachings. And for the fact as we said, the point of the story is him moving beyond that and becoming a new character, wanting to build his own family. The fact that Cad Bane was the last obstacle for him to fully achieve that, I thought was great. And the way he took him down, it was just really satisfying for where Boba Fett lost the the draw um, that they had, showing that the way, of, kind of like the bounty hunter way of doing it, he lost. But how he beat Cad Bane was doing it the Tuscan way, the way he was trained with his family. Um, and that just to me was just a great significance of showing how Boba Fett is finally taking that next step to becoming that character, using what he learned from his true family that trained him to take down Cad Bane and ending kind of fully putting to rest that bounty hunter life and of embracing him being the daimyo tattooing and building his own family there. So that was just great. And uh, I might as well talk about it now. I'm not sure if we mentioned it when we talked about it on a few episodes, but the music of the series was just amazing. I absolutely loved the theme they created for Boba Fett for the show. The, the theme that plays when the title screen comes, the theme that plays with the credits. They played it once Boba Fett grabbed that gaffy stick and took down Cad Bane. It was just like a fist pump moment. I loved it. So um, everything about that was great. To me, just a great way to culminate the journey we took with Boba Fett in the series, uh, facing down Cad Bane, the man who brought him up to become that ruthless bounty hunter and him wanting to move away from that life. He had to go through Cad Bane one last time to do that. So it was fantastic. And I just hope we do get the unfinished Clone Wars episodes released at some point. I think we will, 
because there's just kind of too much history there to ignore, especially when you see uh, the dialogue that Cad Bane and Boba Fett had. So, yeah, it was such a satisfying way to uh, and this season, oh, I'm, I'm stressing season because I hope this isn't a one and done series because I think there is definitely more stories you can tell here with Boba Fett uh, ruling on Tatooine and just some of the other uh, things that could happen. And I actually think there's some unfinished business left with the Tuscans that were massacred. Um, so I think there's more room to explore with that in the second season. So hoping that's the case. But yeah, I'm totally happy with how this first season of the Book of Boba Fett ended. It's it's funny because uh, I I got spoiled on Cad Bane because uh, of an article I I can't remember which website put it out they uh, they said um, it said like something like what what's next for Cad Bane oh, oh no sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I I didn't get spoiled on Cad Bane um, uh, it, it it was I guess it was um, Cad Bane dying, right? Okay. And the, 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 the title was like, what's next for Cad Bane? Right? And then the article was like, um, well, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the entire, entire uh, article. Well, um, so it's got to use Han Solo's line. Well, I'm glad to hear you tell us these things, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something so obvious. Um, I, I, while we're on the subject of of Cad Bane, I do have to mention like he looked awesome. He, yeah. he looked near perfect. Uh, I like the face. I like the teeth uh, and the voice. Uh, that that was uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Corey Burton, right? Yep. Mm. I mean, um, yeah, they had to bring it back. They didn't bring Corey Burton back for his voice. It was like, don't even bother, really, because he makes the character with his performance. It's like he was adding something more to his voice to make it you know deeper and more yeah, sinister it was great <laughs> um and then like the clone wars or um uh bad batch mm-hmm. um so yeah i it's too bad i was spoiled but um yeah i, I, I love cad being the first live action cad being we've gotten uh, kind of makes me want the cad Bane show now <laughs> <laughs> hey don't rule it out I mean, yeah. I've seen some complaints of how, oh, how could you kill Cad Bane off already? He just became, he just brought him into live action. It's like, let's hold, hold your horses a little bit because the Star Wars timeline is vast and Cad Bane has been around for a long time. So just because if this is the final end to Cad Bane and his story doesn't mean we're not going to see him again in live action, especially with all the variety of Star Wars shows we have coming down the line in different eras. I definitely think we're going to see him again in live action. Yeah, I mean... I thought uh, I thought for sure. Um, I don't know why. Looking back on it, uh, it's pretty stupid. But I thought that uh, Cobb Vance was definitely dead. You see, when I first saw him get shot in Episode Six, I thought, "Oh, he's survived." Because yeah. looking at people did these screen grabs where it clearly shows he gets shot in the sol- the shoulder area. I was oh, like, "Oh, I see." Uh, I think he survived. But then when I heard. Th- the characters start talking how he's dead and Mando's yeah, kind yeah. of saying, I'm sorry about the Martian. Like, oh man, did he really die? Well, that's a bummer, but glad to see that wasn't the case in the mid post credit scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess uh, Thundercat brought him back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You know what? I never heard of Thundercats, so when I saw him appear, I didn't know it was like a cameo by like uh, like a celebrity cameo. I guess I just thought it was yeah. a new actor in a new role. I didn't know who Thundercat was. Oh, but really? No. <laughs> uh, I I hope he has more of a role in uh, season two of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> well, it seems like Boba Fett's going to keep him on hand. Is like I don't know the palace doctor or the. <laughs> The like op- operator. <laughs> there you go, Resurrector. Because <laughs> he might be two for two now with Fennec and Cobb Vance. <laughs> um, I, I do have to mention well, one hit against the, the the first season is that awful chase scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be <laughs> one of the worst things I've ever seen in Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was really bad. No argument for me, and you know how I always like to look, especially when it comes to Star Wars, and people probably think I'm just so biased on Star Wars that I never have anything negative to say about it, but yeah, I can't. It's hard to defend that. <laughs> that was not great. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was thinking, like, how is how would Tim try to defend it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe because the, the, the those speeder bikes or whatever, whatever those things, the speeder motorcycles, looked kind of cool maybe you could say that too see i don't even think they look great their designs aren't yeah good they're, they're too wide if they're a little more sleek i think they look cool i like the coloring of them especially the blue one but yeah even that i can't really defend <laughs> too much <laughs> speaking yeah. of them do you want to do you want to hear what the big controversy was in case you missed the dane of the finale oh what was it what was it Tim? see if you even noticed it because I, I didn't even notice until I saw everyone complaining about it on Twitter. You know when the two mods, uh, uh, they're trying to, Black Chrysanthemum's getting uh, hurt. Like either he's, he's wobbling, he's wounded, and they go to help him. Yeah. And they kind of lift yeah. him up to try to carry him. One of the, I, I got to get familiar with the names. I'm sorry. <laughs> I sound like a bad Star Wars fan here. But uh, the mod, the one with the eye, the eyepiece on his face. Yeah. As he's helping Chrysanthemum, some of the pikes start shooting at him. So he has to... Uh, take him out, take out the pikes. But he does this spin move. It's very like a stylized, stylist spin move, and he sh- to shoot down the pikes. And everyone's complaining. Why did he have to spin? Oh, this is ruining Star Wars. They're putting a flare into Star Wars that isn't needed. And it's like <laughs> you got to be freaking kidding me. Someone just did a quick spin move to shoot some enemies, and that ruins the episode for you. It's like, God, you got to be kidding okay. me. It's like I like I said I didn't even notice I mean, it the first time I saw it. <laughs> I mean I, I I remember the scene, but I I don't re- exactly remember the spin. Yeah, being that big of a deal for me. <laughs> um, it's just crazy. That's like one of those things where I gotta find something to complain about this episode. I know yeah. these characters I don't really like in the first place. They did that. I, I'll I'll jump on that and use that to justify my complaints about the episode and the entire series and why Disney has ruined Star Wars. This is the perfect example. That's because what it seems like. Character spin. Yes. Character spin. Uh, uh, but <laughs> that's uh, that's stupid. Beyond um, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the, the the finale, I. I really, um, I, I know people will probably have a problem with it, but I really like uh, the Rancor as a kaiju. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, as a mini kaiju, a mini kaiju. And I, I really liked it, uh, see, seeing him like destroy buildings and climb up, climbing to the top of that, that 
plateau thing <laughs> and fighting the two um, uh, roller droids or whatever they're called. Yeah, I, I loved it. And, and seeing Boba Fett ride him. <laughs> that was it was a sight cool. to behold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I I wonder if that that uh, th- those reins hurt, you know, because it goes into the Rancor's nose. Yeah, it probably sadly yeah. say it probably does because you need something to kind of keep it under control if you need to. So, <laughs> yeah, that that's my big that that's my big complaint, Tim, about <laughs> the, the finale, and it's the reason why I don't like Book of Boba Fett is because of the animal cruelty. That Boba Fett displays. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I understand that a lot more than I do the character spinning to make a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love the Rancor as a kaiju, um, climbing up on top of things and fighting the droids, and yeah, and, and it looked great too. The effects on it were fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and uh, uh, seeing uh, Baby Yoda and, <laughs> and uh, the Rancor at the end. Uh, sleep yeah. next to each other that was that was pretty cool because <laughs> i didn't think they would but i was like i really hope they don't kill off the rancor i mean the next we're seeing the second live action rancor on screen it'd be a real shame to have that one die too especially when it's a yeah. rancor you're really rooting for who's got a uh, you got the explanation of how they bond with their owners and how they're more peaceful unless they're provoked so you, i'm glad this one survived <laughs> yeah and um i was also glad to see i mean if, if you know anything about, I don't know, capitalism, I guess you could say, right? Is um, I, I I really like seeing uh, Grogu with uh, or going off with the Mandalorian again because uh, a we have to make more toys, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and b uh, it's it, it's like they work so well together, um, Din Djarin and uh, Grogu. So I, I, I was glad to see them go off together and uh, see uh, Grogu make the choice between becoming a Jedi like uh, uh, like Luke or uh, going off with the, Man- uh, the Mandalorian and mm. uh, getting his baby his baby chainmail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is it, yeah. The, the the first time I saw that I was like, what if he outgrows it? Are you just gonna add more like chinks to it, Good. or like more, um, you know, chinks in the armor? You know, like yeah, just get some more best car. You can adjust it. Oh yeah, and I guess. let's be honest. He's not gonna grow that much bigger <laughs> if you're looking at Yoda. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Yoda is bigger than Grogu. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah, that, that was the first the first thing I thought of when I when I saw the, the the Mandalorian's gift, it was like, what if he gets bigger? Like, are you just going to get up? <laughs> well, just like how Mando added more pieces to his armor when he got more Beskar. I think that, you could yeah, just do yeah. that with a Shane though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm hoping we get to, we see the, uh, the day where more Beskar Rogu fully embraces the man, becomes a Mandalorian, and he gets his own helmet. See the Mandalorian helmet in the shape of Yoda's species? <laughs> I really want to see that. <laughs> now, now, are you going to make ear holes, or are you going to like? Or no, you got to, yeah, got to put ear. No, yeah. you got to make the helmet design have the ears. Like it has to cover everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see. Oh man, I want to see that, and I want to see people hate on that <laughs> <laughs> specifically. <laughs> 
Um, I do have to say, I really like the Luke, uh, the digital aging slash CGI Luke. Uh, he looks so much better in um, episode six, and uh, it, it's it's like not only did they get the face down, they also got the voice down too. And I, just to be sure, I went back to uh, Return of the Jedi and that opening scene that we first see Luke, and it's the same exact voice pattern as mm. he was in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. Um, so yeah, for me, like like they got. Uh, the CGI down finally, even though the, I don't know, for some reason, I, um, I paused it. I, I, I paused the episode when they're, when, um, Luke has baby Yoda on his back and he's jumping across like, um, like this pond. And, um, there, there's one scene. It doesn't look like they added the CGI to the actor's face. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like him at all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, but besides that, I I love the CGI. I I love um, voice. They got the voice down. Um, and the more I see of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka, the more I think she is Ahsoka. Um, she's got everything down about that character. Uh, I love the the makeup and um, the tails and the way she portrays Ahsoka, I and I can't wait for this show that's gonna premiere in 2027. It seems like <laughs> no, day, don't worry, it'll be 2023. Okay, I I will take your word for it, but it seems like it's gonna be in, it's gonna premiere in 2027. It feels like that uh, because it's gonna be so awesome <laughs> for what we're hearing about it and who's gonna be in it. So it's gonna feel like yeah. it's a long way, but. It'll be 2023, unless there's some unforeseen delay that happens with it. But right now, all signs are pointing to 2023. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just I just love the way she portrays Ahsoka. I like the makeup. I have zero problem with it. I'm sure people have lots of problems with it. <laughs> but uh, from an Ahsoka fan who really, like, Ahsoka is my favorite Jedi. And... Uh, I, from from that perspective, I I really really like uh, Rosario Dawson and the live action, um, Soko. So, yeah, yeah, they they they, they nail Luke, um, voice and CGI. Finally, it's not like three different faces paint, painted on somebody else's face <laughs> talking at the same time. Uh, and uh, yeah, of course, Ahsoka. I just love the Ahsoka. Yeah, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, with Luke, I mean, it's kind of awesome how much the CGI improved from just one year, pretty much. But at the same time, I thought he looked pretty darn great in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale. I mean, you could tell there was some CG work going on there, but this one's almost seamless. And, Dan, can you believe this? But I'm going to be the one who's a little nitpicky here. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, Luke's voice, I mean, I'm fine with it, but... I can tell to me, I just wish there was a little bit more emotion coming out of it in certain instances. Yeah. To me, it works overall, though, because he's still kind of in that teacher mode here when he's talking to Grogu. But mm. a little bit in the, some of the ways he was talking to Ahsoka, I, you could just kind of tell it's through that 
uh, program they're using because Mark Hamill doesn't record any dialogue for Luke. They're just, sure. I don't know if you uh, remember, and if you saw that behind the scenes special they had on the Mandalorian season two finale with Luke, where they talked about how they created the voice for it, or it's basically a program that's taking every bit of spoken dialogue that Mark Hamill has done over the years, and they put it into this program to where they can have his the tone of his voice and kind of create their own dialogue through that. And it's the program that's pretty much doing the voice, really. So, but I think you could tell that in certain instances here. So, yeah, I think that's the last thing that they'd have to perfect to just make it truly seamless. But again, well, it's, be, they're to, almost there. They're close. Yeah. To to be fair, I uh, like I said, I did go back and listen to uh, his voice his voice in Return of the Jedi because, like you, I had the same complaint about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was really robotic and stilted. And then I went back uh, to Return of the Jedi, and then that that first scene when he's talking to um, uh, Jabba the Hutt, and he has that same exact cadence and that same exact stiltiness, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, in his voice, and it's it's the same exact way he's talking uh, in, in that uh, in that scene. Uh, it seems like they they just took that that one scene and they based his entire voice around that. Um, and after going back, like I have zero problem with it now because he's the uh, he's Master Luke, I guess you could say in that yeah <laughs> in that um, in that one scene. So, I mean, um, it was a magical yeah. sequence. I mean, I could not believe what I was seeing in this in that episode. Yeah. And you know, Kyle was saying when we're talking about the last on our last episode, talking about episode five of The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, where it's pretty much the Mandalorian season three premiere. And just how yeah. I felt that my one complaint is that it's taken a little bit away from Boba, more Boba Fett in his own series. But with this one, it was pretty much the same thing because Boba Fett was in for like one scene and didn't even talk. But it's like, if you're going to do that, you do it with episodes like this, where there's just such monumental Star Wars stories that are being told here like i'll <laughs> i could i'll look past that complaint i would have about it when you're giving me star wars content like this that i've never seen before and it's just uh, making me feel like how star wars is the greatest thing ever i mean i always feel that way but when you when i see episodes like that it just brings it to the forefront where it's like this is why i love star wars so much this is why nothing com- else compares to it for me is when we get these magical moments and episodes like this so um, it's one of those things where, okay, I can accept where Boba Fett is not in these two episodes at all, but yet if I'm getting stories like this, um, it's, I can, I can look past that because I'm just glad we're getting these type of Star Wars stories that we got in those two episodes. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because, um, I mean, especially for you Marvel fans, y- y- you guys understand what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know the show is called Book of Boba Fett. And I know that show, other show is called uh, The Mandalorian. And I know there's another show called Bad Batch or whatever. But you, you I, I hope you Marvel fans know what they're doing. They're, they're, it's the marvelization, I guess you could say, of the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and but- I think it works really well. Um, you know, it's, it's the civil warring of uh, the Star Wars universe because, like, Captain America Civil War is barely about um, Captain America, right? Um, it's the same thing with Book of Boba Fett. It's not, I mean, it's 
it's got his name in the title, but it's not specifically about Boba Fett in that in that sense. It's like they're trying to connect everything and make it sort of a bigger story. Yeah, um, that they can launch other things off of, like the Mandalorian. Like this is the pre 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 premiere of Man- Mandalorian season three. Um, he's got this Boba Fett connection. You know, he's got the, I don't know, Fennec Shan connection. He's got the Luke connection. He's got the Ahsoka connection. And we're going to do season three of the Mandalorian. And that will have connections to different other separate things. Right. And we're going to create this big thing. And, um, uh, unlike the Marvel universe, I will actually sort of get it, (laughs) (laughs) me personally. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I, 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 that's probably the biggest complaint I see of uh, for the book of Boba Fett. It's not about Boba Fett, right? Besides the fact that you know, oh, Boba Fett's not like how he was in, I don't know, Empire, Return of the Jedi. You know, Uh, it's the 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 book of Boba Fett. It's not about Boba Fett and you know why would you have a show about or a title with the name Boba Fett or Boba Fett's name in it and not have it about Boba Fett and uh, it's the marvelization or the civil warization of <laughs> of, um, of the Star Wars universe and I think I think uh, don't quote me on this Dan, but I think Star Wars will benefit from this, uh, especially oh, yeah, their definitely. TV shows. Especially their TV shows, um, and uh, yeah, I I love it. I'm I'm on board with it. Um, even though you know I'm not that big of a fan of the Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe than that, but um, yeah, I I me personally, I love it. Yeah, and I guess for me. Because in the end, I think it's all going to work out beautifully because there are working towards kind of like an event series that's going to culminate. So all the other series leading up to this big kind of climactic end to it. And I think when it's all said and done, it's all going to connect and work beautifully as one big story with these characters. I guess for me, my kind of the reason why I had a little bit of a problem with that is because I'm just not sure Boba Fett's a one and done series. If it gets another season, then like I'd be totally fine with it after that. Because it's the part of me is like, if this is all we're going to get of a Boba Fett TV show, I kind of want as much to focus on him as possible. <laughs> That's kind of where my in-between comes on that uh, whole instance of dedicating two episodes to Mando with Boba. But if Boba Fett gets another season, then yeah, I think it's going to be, it won't even be an issue for me anymore. So, um, but at the same time, it's not really an issue for me now because I love what we got in those two episodes. And it's really hard to complain about that, especially once the and the finale satisfied me the way it did with Boba's character and the arc he went on in the series. Could there have been a little more? Yeah, like I said, especially I think more with him dealing with the realization of what happened with the Tuscans. But overall, I was definitely satisfied for where Boba's story ended here um, in the finale, despite not getting two episodes without him. And it's funny, one of the funny jokes or meme I've seen about that whole topic is how everyone's been who's not liking Boba Fett in the series and has been wanting him to be like how he was in the original trilogy. Well, those two episodes, Boba Fett had limited screen time and 
pretty hardly any dialogue. So that's the Boba Fett you, you remember. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I if if we do get, uh, and this is such a small little thing that uh, is probably stupid, but. <laughs> Um, if we do get a season two of Boba Fett, I hope we get a ship, and I hope we get the uh, mines. No, um, so, uh, the, the seismic charges. Uh, yeah, the seismic charges in uh, episode two. Mm. I hope we get a scene of that because that's the coolest sound effect in all of Star Wars. Well, we did get it this season. Did we? Yeah, no, we, we that's how we blew up the Sarlacc. Really. Yeah, remember there was the Starlight was dragging down Slave that. One, and Fennec jumped to release the charge, and it oh, took out right, the Starlight. Oh, right, right. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, back. if we get more of that, I'm not going to complain. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, also, I do really like the redesign of Boba Fett's armor, the coolest, one of the coolest armors on, in, in uh, Star, Star Wars. Yes. Um, I'm glad they got rid of the cargo pants. <laughs> uh, it, it, that, I still that, like the cargo pants, but this was this was a great update to it. It definitely was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, to me, the cargo pants didn't really age that well. Um, I like the, the the more armored look and the black. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad they got rid of the the cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the armor uh, on the black is a great look. I will say, I do. There's just something about his helmet, the beat up look of his helmet, like that he first got it in how it looked in the original trilogy. And then when he got it back in the Mandalorian season two, I just like how it looks when it's all rugged and beat up, but <laughs> with like the paint peeling off and all that, this is a cool look to it. But, but I know Boba Fett felt a need to get a new paint job on it. And even now it's getting some wear and tear already. So it might be back to that rugged look <laughs> sooner rather than later. Do, do we know that that's actually uh, Pedro uh, Pascal? In the Mandalorian, we don't know for sure. I'm kind of guessing it's not because I know he's been shooting the Last of Us series. Um, so it might have been something where he was only able to do the voiceover and just kind of get ready for season three for where they need him a lot more (laughs) than these final three episodes here. So it'd be cool if he did, but I have a feeling it wasn't him on set. You know, that's what I would, yeah, I I think that's what I would do. I'll just stay home. Um, you know, we're shooting Mandalorian season three. Okay, so I'm gonna uh, just stay home, and uh, a stunt double is gonna put on the armor and everything, and do all the stunts, and I'm just gonna do the voiceover. And then uh, the one scene, a, a season where I take off my helmet, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> but, that, that, that's a pretty sweet gig, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you can't complain about that. No, I, th- I definitely think in season two, he's in the armor a lot more than he was in season one. I mean, they have uh, some behind the scenes stuff where you can actually see him in there. So yeah. I think that'd be the case for season three as well, which they said they should be done shooting in March. So that's going to be wrapping up pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I Also, I, I don't know if you noticed him, uh, but in I think it was the final episode. It, it had to have been the final episode of uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, there's a couple scenes where you could see through the the tint of uh, Boba's helmet, and you could see, uh, I guess, Tim Morrison's face. Huh? I see the I outline didn't, of his face. I didn't yeah. pick up on that. No. <laughs> well, I mean, you're probably too concerned with uh, uh, other characters doing spins, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so distracting. You're right. 
Just look uh, look that up, dude, because everyone's created uh, gifts of it now. I just see how ridiculous the complaint about that is. It's just God. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> it's one of those things, like I said. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous in the series, sure, but at the same time, how can you let something so minute ruin the episode for you? That's where I really yeah. think it's. You're just looking for anything to pick apart on. I, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, I just love seeing some of the response that people have that's showing other Star Wars character spins, like Obi-Wan doing a spin move when he was fighting Darth Vader and A New Hope. And like the best one is using Anakin's line <laughs> in Phantom Menace where he said, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. It's like <laughs> people are just taking heart to what Anakin's doing there. <laughs> Perhaps the mod thought the spin would give him the element of surprise. <laughs> and maybe guess. that's what his uh, mod readout on his uh, his eye mod that he has told him. Yeah. The only way to get a shot in is you have to do a spin here. <laughs> like, <laughs> made the calculations, and the only way to get that shot would be a spin. Well, I mean, the, this article from Screen Rant is saying that that's sort of like Robert uh, Rodriguez's style. Like He likes to make things like over the top. Yeah, that's what I've yeah. heard too, and it makes sense. Oh, and his name is Scad. Scad. Yeah. I I, I did like um, you, you know the uh the girl mod. I guess you could say. Uh -huh. Um, I I did like her little um blaster. Her yeah, little, like, <laughs> it was funny when she was yeah. teaming up with the people for Freetown. It's like you're gonna try to snipe with that thing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, here, take the swipe. <laughs> Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. I, <laughs> Did you see it? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't get it. I I I I didn't even notice it to be honest. Same here, yeah. No uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one then. <laughs> yeah, I was like when I saw people complaining like what spin move and I saw it with that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, um I I guess overall, uh, this is going to be a, like a four and a half out of five for me. Um, mm -hmm. the, the, the book of Boba Fett. I, I really like the season. Um, I, I guess I'm on board. I, I guess most people aren't on board with what they're trying to do with, with Boba Fett, make him more than just the bounty hunter uh, and bring in other characters. The, the marvelization of the Star Wars universe. Um, I, I guess I'm on board with all of that. Like I have zero problem with it. And, Same here. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think it's a four and a half out of five because of that one scene of the <laughs> of, of the, the, the the chasing him. I'm sorry, I just can't get that out of my head. I know it's people have you know destroyed it on Twitter, but I just <laughs> I just can't get it out of my head. That's like. Uh, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm right there with you. Four and a, a 4.5 is exactly what I'm going to give it. It was almost exactly what I was hoping for, for a series about Boba Fett in those first two episodes. And then in between, I got stuff I wasn't expecting, but I loved it so much, and it just added more to his character. And yeah, was it? there were some bumps along the way. Like you said, that <laughs> action sequence there with the mods is 
going to go down as one of the worst sequences in Star Wars. And you know what? That's okay. If we can get one of those once in a, every once in a while, who cares? I mean, amongst all the other great stuff we got in this series alone and, just, and in Star Wars in general, I think we could survive a, a pretty weak chase sequence. So, um, yeah, four and a half out of five. I love this series. And I just hope we get more because I think there's definitely more we can do with Boba in this new stage of his life. Yeah, and going back to what you were saying about uh, the Clone Wars arc not getting finished, uh, you know, between uh, or with Cad Bane and um, Boba, mm-hmm. how like Cad Bane sort of trained Boba. So technically, we haven't seen him trained yet. Yeah. So how does he know how to use a blaster? That's well, he I'm- got pretty trained at an early age with that from Django. I. I- he will know how to use the blaster by the time Django died. Yeah, but we didn't see it. And so, uh, because we know Star Wars fans, the the most important scene is the training scene, right? We didn't see Boba, Boba Fett train to use the blaster. So <laughs> I'm, that's my biggest complaint, and that's why I don't like Book of Boba Fett, man. Sorry. <laughs> and here I thought we were ending on the positive note, but <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I loved it. You loved it, and now we just gotta wait till May, late May, for May twenty fifth. I mean, we got for, the date for what, Tim? The biggest Star Wars event of the year. The Obi-Wan Kenobi series. This is going to be... This, uh, as much as I absolutely love the book of Boba Fett, I think this is going to be on another level with that. It, it's just... I think it to be incredible. I just can't wait to get her, to see it, but then get probably get a trailer probably in a month or two, I would think. So that's going to be awesome just to see. But for the little teases we've got and what they got planned for the series, it's going to be something truly special, I think. And I just cannot wait to get it. And now we know when, May 25th. 45 years to the day of the premiere of New Hope. So that's kind of cool. I think they're tied it in with that. There's some speculations that maybe it'd be May the 4th, but I kind of like how they're doing it here. For the very first time everyone saw Obi-Wan Kenobi in theaters 45 years ago, we'll be seeing him again. So I think that's some nice symmetry there. So yeah, the next, I mean, it's just crazy to think how kind of Boba Fett series and the next series you're going to get after that is one about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, who cares who's wasting energy complaining about this stuff when we're just living still in the golden age of Star Wars. So it's it's awesome. I cannot wait. And it's not going to be that long of a wait, too. That's what makes it even better coming off of the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, what if the trailer for um, uh, Obi-Wan, whenever that comes out, is just another video like the like that Disney Plus... Uh, <laughs> oh, another behind-the-scenes look. Yeah. Like, well, that, oh, yeah. I'm glad to be Obi-Wan again. Here's some art. Okay, this is done. Here's your trailer. Well, I'll probably be disappointed, but at the same time, the the art that they will show will still get me plenty excited for it. So <laughs> it'll probably still have the same effect. How involved is uh, Hayden Christensen going to be in Obi Wan? That's the I mean, question. How much I of think... a role? Yeah. That's no, I think he's actually gonna because I've heard I think Ewan McGregor even said in an interview there's gonna be he got to work with Hayden as Obi Wan and Anakin again. He didn't say Darth Vader, so that's leading me to believe there's gonna be some flashbacks, and uh, I would flashback. absolutely love that. Yeah, I hope Ahsoka's in it too. 
That's I mean, heck now she showed up at Boba Fett. Anything's possible. So I think yeah. it's there's definitely a chance. Yeah. Um, but besides that, do we have any other news, Tim? Uh, just a few things regarding yeah. the Batman. We're so close to it now. I got my tickets. They went on sale this week. They had those special IMAX uh, preview screenings like two days before. Wasn't able to get those. They sold out pretty quickly. Um, but I got my tickets for the Thursday screening at 7, which I got to say, I don't know, I'm a little concerned that I know it wasn't going to be on the same anticipation level as Spider-Man No Way Home where it broke the internet and you took hours just to get tickets. But at least for my theater, I mean, it's still pretty much empty for those early Thursday screenings. I was, I got mine pretty late in the day after work and exactly where I wanted and only the few seats were filled. So I was like kind of hoping this isn't a sign of like uh, the Batman maybe not doing the box office numbers that's ex- kind of we expect from a batman movie and there's kind of a lack of interest for it because i hope not because i mean as we talked about everything we've seen from it is looking great so yeah uh, maybe it's just something that people aren't too much aware of and as they get closer to the release date we'll get the tickets but that did catch me by surprise a little bit just seeing how empty the theater was so far with booking tickets yeah that's what i was going to ask you because uh i know a lot of people had problems getting no way home tickets yeah uh, i didn't like i the theater was kind of empty <laughs> if you uh if you were to ask me but uh when when i did see it and i had of course no problems with uh the, the batman uh tickets so yeah i that's what i was going to ask you like it, is it the same sort of like anticipation or is it like different because i there was no difference like i i had zero problems getting no way home tickets and i had zero problems getting uh uh the batman tickets i didn't get the imax ones um i just got the regular um tickets so um is your theater like uh did you you're showing like at six or seven or something like that for thursday yeah it's at seven Oh, yeah. is your theater doing like earlier screenings like at three? Because mine goes like the earliest is at three. And I'm like, man, because I saw that for Spider Man too. I guess that's becoming the new normal, at least in my area. But does yours have like earlier showings yeah, in that too? No, I didn't see any three, three o'clock. It was just the seven and later. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe that's not everywhere then just yet. Yeah. So like I, I, I have zero reference for like, you know how, how fast tickets are going because like i saw on twitter when um no way home the i mean the the, the no way home tickets went on sale that like people are like no my my theater sold out or i got my tickets and yada yada uh yeah, but, i was up till midnight like, that I, sunday waiting for the computer my computer to load the really? screen to buy the tickets yeah they went on sale at nine i couldn't get them till midnight it was like I, I had to stay up because I know if I didn't, I wouldn't get the seats I wanted. So I just had to make sure I stayed up and kept refreshing. And your theater was packed. Yeah, it was full. But like I got no the seats suitable. I wanted. So. Oh. oh, wow. Yeah, for me, it was like, uh, I mean, there was definitely people there. But, like, it it wasn't, like, like I, I, I remember The Dark Knight Rises and, like, the anticipation for that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, different time. But um, I remember, like, the theater being packed you know to the brim with people yeah um, yeah mine was for that too and like yeah and like no way home it was like i i saw open seats um well, i went to a, an assigned seat theater and um 
uh, yeah, I saw open seats and I was like, oh, hmm, maybe, maybe this, uh, it's, it's not so big over here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not yeah, because Spider-Man No Way Home was pretty close to the Dark Knight Rise experience where only a few seats in the very front were empty. <laughs> Everything else was pretty yeah. much full. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, at least we got tickets. So. Exactly. That's the most important thing. We're going to see it. So <laughs> that's the most important. And uh, yeah, the only other thing that I wanted to mention real quick is yesterday we kind of got uh, DC put out a teaser for the upcoming movies coming out this year. I think it's pretty much a, their Super Bowl TV spots. It's a minute long. It shows footage from the Batman, but also new footage from Aquaman, The Flash. And those look cool. They're very brief, but given it's more looks at uh, Jason Momoa in his classic Aquaman suit, his new like black stealth suit, and then Flash's new suit where he has like these uh, goggles that come down <laughs> on his uh, eyes on the mask. Um, but the biggest takeaway to me that got me excited was the footage they showed from Black Adam. Because not only did we get more of The Rock as Black Adam, who looks great in the role, but seeing our first looks at the Justice Society, Hawkman, Adam Smasher, and the one who looks the absolute best, Dr. Fate. Boy, does his costume look awesome <laughs> in this movie. And we've seen Dr. Fate in live action before. He was in Smallville. Uh, but you're c- comparing like apples to oranges when it comes to comic, or, or as far as costume, uh, how it, the budget for a costume, I should say, <laughs> for a TV show back in the mid-2000s to a movie now in 2022. It, Dr. Fate looks amazing. I cannot wait to see him on the big screen. But all the rest of the Justice Society, too, because Adam Smasher looked really cool, too. It just that brief clips of him slowly getting bigger as he's running. So a Black Adam is shaping up to be really cool, um, not only just with him, but what they're going to do with the Justice Society and how their costumes look in the movie has me really excited. So that was a cool little teaser to get to, just kind of Warner Brothers and DC trying to build the hype for the movie slate for 2022, because looks to be a pretty cool year for DC movies with the Batman, the Flash, Aquaman, and Black Adam. So uh, definitely gets you excited. So that was definitely cool to get. Oh, so that was their uh, Super Bowl spot? Yeah. yeah. Which I think is kind of smart, just combine everything into one, because some of the movies are a little yeah. far off. But let's just get everyone aware of what's coming in 2022. Yeah, I, I, I hope they... Uh... I mean, I'm sure they are, but I, I hope they uh, they put the Rings of Power trailer on uh, YouTube as soon as they can. Oh, they will. I mean, that's that's like yeah. the standard now. I am surprised yeah. that all these like trailers are supposed to be for the Super Bowl are coming out early. Because we also got the Jurassic World Dominion trailer, which looks awesome. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> Just seeing Alan Grant... Ellie Sattler, Ian Malcolm all together again, mixing with the new characters and this, the dinosaurs roaming over the earth. It just looks great. I cannot wait for it. But I knew that was coming for the Super Bowl, but I didn't expect to get it a few days early. We got the DC one a little early, too. So it's almost like, what's the point of waiting for the Super Bowl ads when you're getting them early? So <laughs> Lord of the Rings is pretty much the only one left that I'm really looking forward to seeing on the Super Bowl. So uh, we still got that, but I was surprised of some of the stuff coming out earlier than I was expecting. Um, so, so now that we're done with the news, do, do, do you, do you want a quick, uh, Mass Effect, uh, update? Yes. Give it to me. Mass Effect 2. Okay. So I am, I do not know where I am in the game. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got, uh, let me see. I just got Grunt and I got, uh. Jack, I, I got 
uh, Hitman. What's his name? Uh, Zaid. Zaid, yeah, okay. Probably yeah, my least favorite squad member in the Mass Effect series. I've still, I, I still haven't used him. Yeah, I never uh, use him except for the ones you have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like his specific missions. Mm. I did uh, Miranda's mission. Uh, I did Jack's mission. Uh, you see, because there's there's no like, okay, so we're going here, and then we we, we got to do this to progress the story. This is no, oh, yeah, like, it's all your choice. <laughs> you could go anywhere you yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I finished uh, a Liara story. Uh, okay. I think that was the last thing I did. Yeah, I finished Liara story on. Uh, I forget the planet's name, but uh, it takes you to another yeah. planet and yeah, that, Actually, yeah, that, that was actually a longer storyline than I expected. Yeah, uh, because that is a DLC one and. Oh. It was a pretty lengthy DLC. So, but once they put all that in there, it's just part of the game now. So, but that's why it was so lengthy. Oh, I see. Oh, so, so that was a DLC that wasn't part of the original game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an awesome okay. mission, though. I, I love that one. It's like a little bit of episode two in there. You got a murder attempt yeah. in a building, like the planet looks like Coruscant. You go on a speeder chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, that again, Mass Effect with the vehicles, they, they they have to get their their controls correct. Yeah, it wasn't great uh, on that one. Uh, yeah, but I played it again. I was like, yeah, this one was not good. <laughs> I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. So so the last thing I did before I uh, I got busy with work in the week and everything was I finished the um, uh, the one mission where you go into the uh, the collector ship. And I, you get the finally a good automatic machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like the the two that you're given, I mean, I only have two. I'm sure there's like you, you go to this planet and then you mine this and then you go into the cave and then you do whatever, right? Uh, and then you get the secret ultimate weapon, uh, machine gun, right? Um, I didn't do that, and like the the two machine guns that I did have were. Uh, they 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 just weren't. It, it it's like they didn't level up with me. <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh, no, no matter which one I picked, like I got like a five shot burst um, rifle, and then I got a fully automatic one, and yeah, I just couldn't. Uh, they just weren't up to snuff. And finally, I got this. Uh, I got the collector's machine gun, and it's like it's blowing everybody away. So. Um, that's the last thing I finished. So h- okay. how far along in the game am I? You're, I guess, midway, I'd be safe to say. Because um, I think you still got a lot of the characters' uh, loyalty missions to do, which is a big chunk of yeah. it. Uh, but there's yeah, yeah. maybe not too much left for the like the main story missions that you have to do. But the loyalty missions are some of the most fun ones. So <laughs> those are the ones mm. I love the best. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm just curious about your um, your team makeup in uh, Mass Effect Two. I yeah, am so... using uh, I, I am using uh, Miranda and Grant. I was okay. using um, Grant and 
uh, Jack, but Jack kept on dying. So, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been using Miranda and Grunt. Yeah, so maybe the only uh, complaint I have about Mass Effect 2 is that Liara is not a playable character in this one. So, um, but I still use Garrus, but the one who I used to replace Liara was Miranda. Um, she was a great use of biotics. Too, and yeah. So using her and Garrus, they were my go-to squad members for the second one. So even Garrus was dying too. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I love his first dying. mission where you recruit him as Archangel. I love how he's pretty much the vigilante on the, <laughs> the planet yeah. Omega. Such a great mission. Yeah, and all of the gangs hate him for some yeah, reason. Yeah, he's taking them all out. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Um, Zaid, I don't really care about. <laughs> he, he He's like the most... Like, he he is the uh, the Caden of, of Mass yeah. Effect too. <laughs> even so worse. Just like, I, I don't I don't even know who you are, man. Get off my ship. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if you do his loyalty missions, there you get an interesting yeah. cho- choice of what to do with him. So. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I might do that. I'm just not too long. Um, I I I can't remember her name. Uh. Oh my god. Uh the, the hacker. The hacker uh, uh Tally? No, not Tally. Someone in, in your uh squad part of your squad, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not Tally though. Uh y- you meet her when you go back to the city. Oh, oh Kasumi. That's yeah. Yeah, Kasumi. See, I think it more uh, was like the, if you would have said the ninja, I would have thought, okay, because yeah, the ninja, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, do, you, do you, how do you use her? Honestly, I never really used her that much <laughs> in oh, my squad. Okay, she has okay, a real so fun. Yeah, she has a fun uh, loyalty mission. Oh really? But you really don't even use her that much on that too. I mean, just kind of towards the end. But it's that's a different like change of pace of a mission that you do. That's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm 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 getting a little irritated because after after um I got done with the collector's ship, right? Uh, you talk to the illuminated man and then um, the elusive man. <laughs> the elusive man, right? <laughs> Sorry. Um, you talk to the elusive man and he's like, oh, I sent you into a death trap and, you know, just to see what was going on. And after that, he's like, oh, by the way, you can get some more members of your team. And it's like, I, I, I just got all these people for my team. Like, why do I have to get more more people? <laughs> well, when you do the final mission, you'll understand why. <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like you need all the help you can get. <laughs> Just as long as it isn't too long of a mission, like uh, Liara's one. But uh, I guess Liara's one was a DLC, so. No, oh, yeah, that that's probably the longest one in the game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, overall, I I really like it. Um, I I just wish they they didn't do the ammo drop stuff. And it was just the energy weapons, and you had to like manage the uh, the heat on the weapon. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Yeah. Overall, I really like it. Uh, the combat. Uh, the, the did you notice a vast improvement is, from the first one? It's, right? it's a huge, huge yeah. improvement <laughs> over the uh, over the first one. The, the, it makes the 
it, it makes the first game, uh, Mass Effect 2, in general, makes Mass Effect 1 look archaic and old. <laughs> um, and, and in certain ways, like, ma- uh, like majorly inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass Effect 2, it's like the... Uh, it's they, they they almost got the combat right. I just wish it was a little more fluid, um, especially when you're going from cover to cover. Um, and like they over- even make small improvements over to Mass Effect Three too. Not as big of a jump from one to two, but still one noticeable ones from two to three. Yeah, in in fact, the the combat was the first thing I noticed when um, when I first started playing the game. Yeah was like the combat was so much smoother than uh mass effect um uh, mass effect one and um yeah j- just the gunplay in general is, is is so much so so much better I, I i just wish you didn't have to go and pick up ammo every time because <laughs> because there's some good fights like uh you know they sort of do it in waves uh it's like waves of enemies yeah it's not like everybody at once. Um, there, there's been a couple times like I've run out of bullets or whatever, and that gets uh, inconvenient having to like <laughs> break cover and then go run around and try yeah. to find the. Yeah, you got to pack a lot of weapons. I mean, you, there are instances where you have to use a lot of the weapons you have <laughs> equipped on you. Yes, yeah, especially the heavy, the the heavy weapons. Mm. It's like uh, and. and and that's the one that I, that I keep forgetting about because there's like this one scene. I mean, the, there's this one part where you have to um, on w- with with uh, Liara's mission. At the end, you have to fight. Um, oh no, so, sorry, not Liara. I think it's uh, uh, Kasumi. Uh, I think it's her mission. Uh, you have to fight like this big uh, bat wing looking thing that's flying all over the place. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, like I was just shooting it with my regular machine gun, and then like I realized, like, oh right, I, I totally forgot I have that I have like that post laser thing, and as soon as I realized that, I took it down. So it's <laughs> yeah. it, it's it, it's great how you have to like sort of use all your weapons. You can't just like can't just use your uh, machine gun like how you did in uh, Mass Effect One. Uh, the, 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 there's even there's even some some fights you have to um, you have to use your sniper rifle. Like I don't think I've touched I touched the sniper rifle in in uh, Mass Effect One. But in Mass Effect Two, there's some scenes. Where, I mean, there's some situations where you got to use your um, your sniper rifle too. So yeah, that the the, the gunplay in general is is leaps and bounds better than Mass Effect One, and. Uh, yeah, I'm loving the game so far. I, I, I like the story. I just wish that uh, you didn't have to do so much. Like, okay, so we got to go here and finish this guy's mission and her mission, and then you got to go to a derelict ship, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I I uh, love it, Tim. I don't know what and else I to do. Say. You would if you like the first one. I need to like the second one. Now, the one yeah. question I got to ask you, Dame. I yeah. said I wanted to see your creative character. You created a character, and you sent me a picture of him. <laughs> and you wanted to make the ugliest-looking character of Mass Effect. And I think you succeeded. But yeah. are you actually playing with that character? 
No, I, I, I toned it down a little bit. Um, Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I realized that, you know, um, yeah, it may be funny right now, but in the middle of Mass Effect 3, it might not be so funny. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, I can only imagine some of those things that go down in Mass Effect 3 with this character you created. Uh, but I, I, I do have one big criticism of the Mass Effect games, Tim. And I, I don't mean to break your heart, Tim, but I wish I could go back and I, I, I wish I could change the gender of um, my shepherd. From make, the very to, beginning, to you want to... Yeah, to make it a woman. Play as female shepherd. Yeah, as the female shepherd. Because um, the voice acting for the male shepherd is awful. It's, uh, it's I like, wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> it's I, I can't stand it. It's it's so. Really? I mean, we, we were talking earlier about how Luke uh, was r- robotic, like how they used the computer to make his voice. Um, this is robotic, also, and it's like I wish I could go back and change change it to the female shepherd. <laughs> That's a thing I'll have to strongly disagree with you on there. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I, I I haven't heard the uh, female shepherd's voice, but well, it's Vanessa Marshall, like... who's you know a voice acting legend, pretty much. So you know you're gonna get a great performance from her. So she she did uh, Hera, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm mixing her up with uh, the person who's actually doing the female shepherd voice because okay. Vanessa Marshall does do uh, Hera. But um, man, now why am I blanking on her name? <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. I just said she's a voice acting legend. Now I'm confusing her. So, <laughs> but you know her voice a lot. Like once you hear it, she does a lot of stuff. Uh, Jennifer Hale. There it is. Yeah, oh, I was yeah. blanking on that. But <laughs> Jennifer Hale. Okay. Yeah, I. That's one thing I just wish I could change is uh, is uh, I would do the female shepherd. I, I I do like how in this one, uh, it's like he, the the way they explain it in the game how you can change how your shepherd looks is he he gets uh, burnt up in the atmosphere of a planet. Yeah, <laughs> and they reconstruct his his body or whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, the graphics are a huge upgrade. Yeah, it looks in, great. Uh, in uh, <laughs> in Mass Effect Two, it's like it it actually looks next generation. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job with. I mean, that's why I, I think I said this before. The engine for the Mass Effect game is so good that you just have to little do a little bit of upgrades and remaster to have it feel like it's in the current generation of video game consoles. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it holds up really well, and um, and. Uh, I'm sure Mass Effect Three looks even better. So that it does. <laughs> yeah, and I'm so uh, I'm so glad they got it to 60 frames per second because there's some games like uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. Like I, the the only reason why I haven't beaten the DLCs for those is because it's not 60 FPS. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and so and so I'm glad um, glad uh, Mass the Mass Effect. Uh, Ultimate Trilogy Edition is uh, 60 frames per second. 
Yeah, it runs nice and smooth. Yeah. So yeah, I'm loving it. I'm, I want to play it as soon as we're done with with this sim. Nice. Uh, and, we'll see if uh, you'll be able to beat it by our next episode to give your thoughts on the ending and how that transpires in that final mission. Because <laughs> I'll be curious to yeah, see how it see, out for you. You see, without spoiling anything, is it like a big ending, like, uh, or or is it a bigger ending than uh, Mass Effect One? I think it's a bigger one than Mass Effect One, but there's just so many different things that can happen during the course of that mission that I'm curious to see how it ends up playing out for you. Okay. Uh, the one thing I do know is uh, uh, Miranda and Shepard get together, or she at least survives, and they get together. and uh, They have a kid who you play in um, Mass Effect Andromeda. Is that part of the story in that game? I believe so. It I can't be. So. I don't think yeah. they... I don't, I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't think they do anything that would specifically have like a definitive canon version of Shepard for that. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, because obviously there's a bunch of different ways you can go <laughs> with how you play your Shepard. And I don't think uh, they just no, kind of pick I, one uh, thing. I am mistaken, too. Okay, I thought so. <laughs> that didn't sound right. And play uh, somebody named Ryder. Yes, because I knew definitely the main character has no relation to Shepard at all. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Clancy Brown. <laughs> uh, Clancy Brown plays uh, Ryder, the male Ryder. Oh, okay. Uh, still haven't played it, have you, Tim? Nope. Uh, it's probably still going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, is that it for our episode, Tim? I think that should just about do it. Okay. Uh, just go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com, slash BatmanUniverse. Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. The show's Twitter handles at Batman's podcast. Tim's Twitter handles at PG311. My Twitter handles at Banana. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes and you can email the show at badpantsandallpants at gmail.com so we we'll see you in the of every single episode 10 we love each and every uh, let me say that again <laughs> we love each and every one of you with all of our spin shooter attack hearts <laughs> <laughs> spin shooter <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys next time see you next time everybody Right.